You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron live with Ethan Haristadulu. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to more of the Greek's Gridiron. I am Ethan Haristadulu, and today on this July 25th, 2022, I am going through a read and react with you guys as some big news has dropped regarding the XFL and the NFL today. I had a different video planned for today, but I thought, you know, I'm covering the XFL when it rolls around next season, and this is a pretty big service that I'm going to talk about with the NFL that I've been looking forward to as well. So why not push that back a day, and we'll focus on the big news coming out. So make sure you hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and comment down below what you think of the couple of stories we'll be talking about today. Love to hear your guys' opinions. And remember, when we hit 500 subs, we're doing a giveaway. I'll be giving away a few of these show shirts you see me wearing here. So make sure you hit that sub button so you do not miss out when we cross that 500 mark. Now, the first story we are going to discuss, we're going to focus on the XFL here because they made a couple of big announcements, actually. They made one yesterday and then another one today. And I'm really excited for this because if you follow my channel, you know I was all about spring football. The USFL was an absolute blast. I'm excited for the XFL and the USFL next year. Having the USFL during the offseason of the NFL was an excellent bridge, especially because, you know, during those few months and when I started my podcast last year, it was very tough trying to come up with good quality content to discuss about things because there were such dry points during the offseason. Like, yeah, obviously the draft happens and free agency happens, but there's space in between that you just have to fill. Well, having stuff like the XFL and the USFL is just a fun you know, way to kind of spice things up and make the offseason for the NFL a little bit more exciting and just give you something to look forward to because the XFL, they're literally starting the week after the NFL wraps up their Super Bowl. So, I mean, we're going from February to... I'm assuming their season ends sometime around in April-ish, somewhere around there, given they're probably going to have a similar schedule in terms of what the USFL did with like a 10-week season. Maybe it'll be 11, 12 games, something like that, give or take, but probably in that same ballpark. Uh, and then the USFL goes from April until July. So it's perfect because there's literally no gap of football now at this point. I'm, other than like the one month from July to August when training camp gets going, we're going to have very little downtime in terms of football. And to me, that's exciting. I love football. More football is better than having no football at all. Even if it is just spring leagues, I love talking about it. Now, the XFL finally announced their eight cities yesterday and their season hub this, uh, I guess this morning, this afternoon-ish. Uh, no, I guess this morning because it's already 12 o'clock. So earlier this morning. Uh, and the eight cities being, and I'm very surprised at how this shook out because it, Texas holds three of the eight cities here. So it sounds like XFL is going to be bigger in Texas. We have Arlington, Texas at Chocotas Stadium. Bob Stoops will be coaching that team. We have Houston, Texas at TDECU Stadium. I don't know if that's pronounced in some sort of way, but it's that just seems like an abbreviation for something. Uh, Wade Phillips will be coaching that team in Houston. The Orlando, Florida team will be playing in Camping World Stadium. That is going to be coached by Terrell Buckley. Las Vegas, Nevada, their location is still to be announced, but they have the city locked down. That's going to be Rod Woodson's team. San Antonio, Texas will be held at the Alamo Dome. That's going to be Heinz Ward's team. Seattle, Washington at Lumen Field, the Seahawks Stadium there. That'll be run by Jimmy Hazlitt. Uh, Jim Hazlitt, excuse me, St. Louis, Missouri. The Dome will be Anthony Becht. And then Washington, D.C. will be held at Audi Field and coached by Reggie Barlow. And like I mentioned, pretty interesting stuff considering three teams are going to be based right in the state of Texas on its own. But, I mean, it kind of makes sense. Texas football state. Everyone loves football around there, whether it's college, the NFL. I mean, you name it, the NFL, it doesn't matter. They're diehard football fans over there in Texas. So to see them kind of use Texas as their home base of operations, it makes sense that there's going to be a lot of teams there. And to double down with that, 
the announcement today beyond the eight teams, their hub or their headquarters essentially is going to be based in Texas as well as is going to be um, set up in Arlington, Texas. Now, this is interesting because when I was reading through, I almost thought, oh my God, so they're not going to do games in their home stadiums or anything like that. Like it's going to be similar to USFL. But no, when I was reading through the article, it breaks it down a lot more. Essentially, here's what's going to happen with the hub here. And I'm going to be reading from some notes here because it's a lot. Now, they announced the hub, obviously, in Arlington. Essentially, what's going to happen here is teams are going to have full-time on-support access from coaches, athletic training staff, practice facilities, you name it, they're going to have it in this area. There's going to be three available practice facilities for the teams to work at and practice at throughout the the duration of the in-week time frame. But when they go to play their actual games on the weekends, they're actually going to fly out and go and play in their home stadiums. That's actually... I think that's massive because you keep costs down where, you know, everything is being held in one place and all you need is to rent out the stadium for like three hours for your game, be in and out and be done. That's a really cost effective way to handle everything, but also at the same time, still allow your teams to play in their home stadiums. I think my biggest gripe with the USFL honestly was just that, you know, they were trying to cut costs as much as possible and they only played in Alabama. I understand the whole process behind it, but this right here makes a lot of sense. You're essentially doing the same thing where, you know, everything is held in one place. Now you're just paying for borrowing a few stadiums for literally three hour windows and flights home and back. Everything else is going to be handled over there in Arlington, Texas. This is a really interesting way to, again, save money, but also still be able to keep everything in the same place while not kind of like isolating all the team's home fans. I think one thing the USFL really would have benefited from is doing something similar to this design where you have a hub location and from there you do everything in one place during the week and then just send your teams out to play their games and then come right back afterwards. You're literally, you know, you get there maybe Saturday night, you play your games on Sunday, or not Sunday, whenever they're going to have their games, I don't know, Sundays, Saturdays. You get there the night before, you're there for the day, you fly out that night, bang, bang, boom, you're done. You're gone for a day and then you're back over in Texas doing your thing for the entire week until you're ready to roll through again. I think that makes a lot of sense and that's something that I think the USFL and Fox Sports need to really take into consideration going into this next season. I know their goal right now is maybe two or four cities for this next year and while i understand again trying to cut costs something like this not a bad idea you have your teams in their you know in their home stadiums at least for the games and you know it 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 allows fans to you know build that relationship with the team just a little bit more instead of just kind of rooting from home if you can't make it out to Birmingham for a game or you know wherever their hub cities end up being going into the second season it's definitely something I want to see them focus on and get into I think it'll it'll really help out the league itself and at the end of the day I understand Fox Sports was trying to you know save as much money as possible and yeah I get it it's a business but I also your Fox literally Fox Sports how much money do you have Uh, How much money did Fox Sports just dish out to Tom Brady for a future deal? He's one, not even, you know, not even a part of right now because he's still playing football and $375 million. Like, come on now. That's a lot of money for one guy to be an ambassador and commentary, whatever else, they, you know, whatever other department they decide to use him in. I understand he's, you know, the GOAT, but you just drop $375 million, but you have a startup league. You're trying to, you know, take advantage of a spring market and you're not willing to spend a few extra dollars to just have your teams play in their home stadiums and do something similar to this. 
you know, I will say I love the USFL. I don't mean to sound like I'm ragging on them. I, you know, I loved watching the USFL. I loved rooting for the USFL. I loved rooting for the breakers through the whole season. But this right here is probably how it should have been done the first season for the USFL. And I hope they take note of this and it's something they're considering if they're not already set in stone with what they're doing in season two next year. Uh, on top of that, the uh, practice facilities, I guess I'll mention this as well. I do have them in my notes here. So like I said, everything is going to be in Arlington, Texas. The stadiums that they have set aside here is going to be Northwest ISD Stadium, South Lake Carroll Dragon Stadium, and Vernon Newsom Stadium. So if you're in the Arlington area and you plan on watching some of these USFL teams practice, there's three different locations they'll be at. And again, it, it's it, it makes so much sense. You, you hold your practices in all these different places. I'm assuming teams might be able to cross practice against each other and things like that too. We've seen the NFL kind of start to do that in preseason so or they've been doing it for a while now but we're starting to see it more and more frequently i wouldn't be surprised if again they only have three practice facilities if they kind of utilize that in some way where you know maybe they'll set times aside for every team to have their own time but maybe we do joint joint practices and things like that be interesting stuff to watch and kind of keep an eye on that is the XFL news, though. Let me know what you guys think about it. I'm really looking forward to the setup that they have here. Like I said, my biggest gripe with the USFL was just simply that all the games were in Birmingham. It you know, caused a big kerfuffle with fans that weren't Birmingham fans about them playing all their games at home and what not have you. Uh, they still won the championship anyways when they were away. But at the end of the day, I, I just think that optically this is going to look a lot better and it's going to really help the teams build relationships with their fan base something that was lacking from the usfl given that they were just stuck in one area the entire season the other big news that came out today and this is something i've been looking forward to and it also feels like a challenge as well and this is an interesting story to talk about here is the nfl plus announcement that was released today Starting right now, as of today, you can subscribe for either $4.99 for the normal plan or $9.99 for the premium plan to the NFL Plus streaming service. Essentially, what is going to happen here, and this is something that's been rumored for some time. Ian Rappaport was even talking about this on the Pat McAfee show, I want to say like two, three, almost a month ago, weeks or something like that. I don't know, somewhere within that ballpark. But it's an it's essentially think what game pass was but kind of brought up to a a, a better price point and more accessible kind of manner because game pass only had an app outside of the us interestingly enough everything else was done on their website and i had game pass sporadically here and there the last few years and it just was not clean it was not really organized and I was not a big fan of just the overall UI and like it just set up of the entire website. It wasn't great. So I'm excited to kind of dive into this app and see what it is. I'm probably going to subscribe to it more than likely by the end of today. I'm going to check it out and just kind of see. I'm hoping they offer like a one week trial so you can kind of really explore and decide if this is something you want. But again, $4.99 price point for the base, $9.99 for the premium price point. And here's what you get with it all. You get the NFL Plus, which is the normal subscription, live local and primetime games on mobile and tablet devices. This is essentially kind of where a, a big lock comes into play, where if you don't have the premium service, you are locked into strictly mobile and tablet devices. You're not going to be able to put this on your TV or anything like that. So that's already a big reason to jump to the $9.99 price point if you have the extra money sitting around. Live out-of-market preseason games across all devices. So there is that. So if you want to watch preseason games on your TV, you can, but it, not in-season stuff, just the preseason. Live game audio, home and away, national calls for every game of the season. So if you're a radio listener, if you like to listen to games, if you're unable to watch the games, but you think you can pop it in your bud and maybe listen while you're at work or something like that, you have that option there. They also have the NFL library programming on demand. This is ad-free. So you're going to be able to watch like... 
think uh, good morning football and NFL films and that kind of stuff, I guess you could say. But it, it's it's a pretty sweet deal, I would say, at just $4.99. My biggest, oh, and you can also do a, a base deal for the entire year, 40 bucks for the entire year. Not bad. You save yourself some money. Now, the NFL Plus Premium, this includes basically the features that you got from Game Pass. So think like Coaches 22 film, um, you get condensed game replays, you, you, so you can go back, watch Super Bowl you know, 42 if you wanted to watch the Patriots lose their undefeated season again, things like that. You get everything from NFL Plus, including that, again, condensed game replays, full game replays across all devices. So you can do on the TV, things like that, ad-free, everything is ad-free, Coaches film ad-free, all that stuff. This is going to be priced at $9.99 a year or $79.99 a year. Now, this is exciting, but also slightly frustrating, but I see where the NFL is going with this. At least this is what I think. This is a challenge to the streaming partners right now that are trying to sign a deal, a mega deal that is, billions of dollars worth of money we're talking here, for the NFL Sunday ticket. Now, the NFL has a couple of things they can do here. They can sign away the rights to Sunday Ticket. DirecTV does not sound like they're going to continue carrying it. I know that it sounds like they're trying to set something up so that they might be able to hang on to Sunday Ticket and be able to dish it out to like restaurants and things like that, like a business type deal. They still want to hang on to that, which I'm sure would bring in a solid amount of money for them. And if you can lock in something like that, you know, good for them. It doesn't really affect the average consumer. We're just talking businesses here. Now, they can do that. They can sign away the deal to Amazon, to Apple, to Netflix, I think was even rumored as a, as a participant in that whole negotiations of whatnot. But they could do that or they can say, hey, we want $3 billion. Everyone's offering roughly two because that was the numbers that were, those were the numbers that were brought up when it came to, when Ian Rapport was talking about it. NFL wanted $3 billion. Streaming services are offering somewhere around like $2 billion. If that's the case the NFL could say, hey, pony up, get us closer to that 3 billion number we want, or we now have a whole subscription service on our own that we can just throw Sunday ticket on there and then boom, you're paying 29, you know, maybe 29.99 a month or, you know, $150 for the year to get something like Sunday ticket right from the NFL. We don't need to go through anyone anymore. That's kind of what I see this as. I think the timing of this whole thing kind of speaks to that as well. This is something that has been in the works and rumored for a while. The discussion for Sunday Ticket got really hot like a month ago. I did a whole video on that. Check it out if you want to. I'll have it uh, set up in one of the um, videos at the end of this if you've made it this far and you want to see that there. Uh, I have a whole video discussing the possibilities with that as well. But that, that's kind of what this seems like. It's a, hey, we want this amount of money. No one's really reaching close to our target, like our target margin for pricing right now. How about here's our streaming service? And it gives them some time to kind of see how they can work out the kinks. You know, is the UI clean? Is it user friendly? And if things don't, you know, look great, they can adjust and, you know, they have time. Sunday ticket doesn't expire with Dish until next year. So there's a whole season's worth that they have plenty of time where they can work around and jostle Disney and Amazon and Apple and all those people, you know, look at what we have here. We're improving it too. It's only getting better. We want that money. This is a very interesting ploy, I would say, on the NFL's part. One, because it's an awesome service, but two, because I definitely think it is them trying to ruffle some feathers with the people that are trying to sign away Sunday Ticket from DirecTV. 
I'm interested to see where this goes. I'm excited to dive into it because I've wanted a service like this from the NFL for a while now. And I'm surprised considering how innovative the NFL has been and how good they are at just kind of pushing their product and revolutionizing the availability of their product within the sports media market. It took them this long to kind of get to where they are. I think back to like when the WWE kind of innovated sports streaming because prior to Netflix and like, Hulu, maybe. I don't even know if Hulu was around in 2014. I don't know if I had Hulu back then or not. It might have been. It might have been fairly new. But I remember 2014, the WWE announces their, you know, their WWE network where everything that they have is in one library and boom, $9.99 a month. It was rumored that it was coming and then they dropped it for WrestleMania. Pay-per-view events became only $10 as opposed to the $60, $65 you were paying for at that time. And if you're not a wrestling fan, maybe you don't know what I'm talking about, but it, it does circle into this point here. It was revolutionary, and people thought Vince McMahon was nuts. And then what happened? Millions of people subscribed to it. And then what they did was they turned around, and they were like, all right, what was it, two years ago, I think it was, a year ago now at this point? They created essentially a billion-dollar market for themselves and sold the rights to the entire library to Peacock. And now Peacock owns all of it, but they handed over a billion dollars for the entire WWE library. I'm just surprised that, and my point being is that considering the amount of money that goes into this and just like looking at a company like that, basically taking their library of stuff and doing what the NFL did now, just six years ago, seven, eight years ago now, it's surprising to me the NFL took this long, but I'm excited to see where this goes. I kind of hope if I'm being completely honest, the NFL just ducks the streaming service companies unless they get close to the money that they want to offer. And they just offer Sunday ticket from here. I would rather go right through the NFL and them just do it themselves. But if it goes to Apple TV plus, if it goes to Netflix, if it goes to, I don't know who else is in the, there's a few people with dogs in the fight. Disney plus is somebody else. Amazon prime's another one. I mean, if it goes somewhere else, it is what it is. I'll find my football some way somehow, but I like where this is going. I'm excited for it. I'm curious to see what you guys think about it. But that is my reading the react for today. A couple of stories that I got for you guys. Again, let me know in the comment section down below what you guys think of the two announcements, both from the XFL and the NFL. And I will see you guys with another video. In the meantime, have a good one.